Amen. Let the repentance revolution begin. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless you are disqualified? Now we've talked quite a bit about this and I don't have time to get back into everything that we've said because if I do, then I can't go any further. I'll just be repeating myself. So I'm not going to do that right now. Please go back and listen to the previous broadcasts so that you get a clearer picture of what I'm talking about. Amen. But notice this phrase, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. And I will mention this, that if you go back in chapter 12, verses 20 and 21, you begin to understand that we're supposed to judge ourselves and we're supposed to examine ourselves and test ourselves and make sure that we've repented from uncleanness and fornication and all these things that Paul mentions in chapter 12, verse 20 and 21. The number 13, verse 1, that was stuck right in the middle of what Paul was saying, and it gives us a, an incomplete thought. But that's what Paul was talking about. Now, faith in Christ, Jesus, faith in Jesus. Remember the scripture that we ended up with on the last podcast? Acts chapter 24, verse 24. After some days, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Now, you should have that underlined in your Bible. The faith in Christ. And now he's going to tell you what faith in Christ is. This is what it is. And it's a whole different list than what you hear a lot talked about today. You, you don't hear much about, about some of these things today. In most sermons, in most churches, in most preaching, you don't hear a whole lot about it. But this is what Paul was calling faith in Christ. He reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come. And when he did this, it caused Felix to be afraid. And some translation says he trembled. I mean, the convicting power of the Holy Ghost came on him and made him shake down to his toes. And this is what we need to get back to as a church so that the convicting, rebuking, correcting instructing power of the Spirit will come on people. And I mean, they'll fall on their faces and worship God. And I think I I, I, I didn't mention, I know I didn't mention, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 24. It's the same word that's transva- that translated uh, convict when it says the Holy Spirit, John 16, 8, the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That word convict means rebuke. It means correct, and it means call to account, and it means reprehend severely, and it means to expose, and it means to show one uh, their fault. And we talked about this, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14, when it's talking about the manifestation of the Spirit, it's talking about in different areas, but I am going to mention this verse, verse 24, but if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or uninformed person, now notice he makes the distinction between the two, because you can be a believer and still be an uninformed person, somebody that just really doesn't know a whole lot. And uh, oh boy, do we have some, yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> so he makes the distinction between uh, the unbeliever and the uninformed, because you can believe a believer and be uninformed. So you come in the midst and God begins to speak and and words begin to come forth through the preacher and and through other people by the spirit of the Lord notice what 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 he says will happen he's convinced by all 
He is convicted by all. And that word convicted is the same word translated convince or convicted or rebuke or reprehend severely or, or rebuke sharply as we saw in, in, in the book of Titus. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. This is verse 25. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 25. And so falling down on his faith, he will, on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Now notice what effect it had on this, on this person. When the Spirit of God started moving in conviction, I mean, the power of the Holy Ghost was so strong that this person fell on their face and said, Oh my God, God is here. God is among you. Now this is powerful. <laughs> you know, in times past, in, in years gone by, there's many testimonies. Maybe you've seen this in your lifetime. I've seen some of this in my lifetime, where the power of the Holy Ghost will come on people just by your presence being there, because you're anointed by the Spirit, and, and they'll be convicted, and you'll be able to pray for them and share the gospel with them and bring them to the Lord. Sometimes I've seen it happen with Christian people that the power of the Holy Spirit was so strong that they'd fall on their face and repent. Amen. And we should be seeing a whole lot more of that in our churches. I need to ask this. When was the last time you saw that at your church? When was the last time you saw that through anybody at your church? I'm telling you, folks, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, needs to get back to ministering on righteousness correctly, on self-control. Yeah. Do you know the Holy Spirit can anoint you so strongly uh, ministering to people about you need to control yourself and not act like the world and live like the world and, and uh, be out there doing the things of the world. He can anoint you so powerfully with a message like that that it will make people tremble. The same with judgment to come. And I'm going to talk about these three things. And I'm going to stay with this as long as the Holy Spirit lets me. But we started on the last podcast to talk about righteousness. And we saw that righteousness is a gift where all your past sins are washed away and you participated in His righteousness because of His sacrifice for you. Now, go and read it. Romans chapter 3, verses 22, 23, all the way to verse 26. And then go and read uh, Romans chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Also Romans chapter 5, verse uh, 15 through 17. And, and, you know, most Christians are aware that, and this is all they're aware of, that when you come to Jesus, your sins are washed away, and now you have His righteousness. Amen. <clears throat> but what most people don't know is that this gift of His righteousness... In your life, not that his righteousness is affected. Oh, no. His righteousness never changes. But this gift that you've received can be affected negatively by your sin. And this is what people don't get and don't understand. Because this gift is found only in the righteousness of Jesus and only in him and only in his blood. When you sin, you step out of Him. You step out of His blood. <clears throat> you step out of His righteousness. Now, I say this because many have the idea that this gift means that you're righteous no matter how much you sin, and that's a lie. It is a bald-faced lie. Righteousness, again, I'm going to say it, <clears throat> as a gift or God's grace in Christ can be interrupted 
in your life by sin and the practice of sin. Now that's why we are to confess our sins before God. If you commit a sin, and um, the Bible's clear about what sin is, sin is a violation of God's moral commandments and moral laws, and we're going to get into this a little bit later in more detail. But First John chapter 1 says, if you sin, First John chapter 1, and, and you know, I can quote some of these verses by memory, but I, I, I don't like to depend on just memory. I, I like to depend on the written text. Look at it. Look at it in your Bible so that you, you don't misquote it or you get into the habit of saying it in a way that's not right. First John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just or righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, why would we need cleansing from unrighteousness if we're always righteous no matter how much we sin? Do you see that? <clears throat> that makes no sense. Well, the truth is that sin will affect righteousness in your life. Not God's righteousness, the righteousness you received, it'll affect that. It'll mess it up. And that's why you have to confess your sin so that unrighteousness is cleansed out. And once again, you stand in his blood clean and whole. Amen. Now, with that in your thinking, let's talk about living righteous. Because a lot of people don't know about this side of righteousness. They only know about the side of you know, I received the gift of righteousness and that's all there is to it. No, there's more to it than that. Look at 1 John chapter 2, because the Bible does talk about righteous living. Now remember, this is faith in Christ. Righteousness is not just a gift, it's also what, how you live according to God's word. 1 John chapter 2, are you there? Verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, well, you better know that. He is righteous. Jesus never loses his righteousness. He is perfect. He's untouchable by sin and death. And thank God that he is raised incorruptible because he's my representative before God. If I mess up, mess up my righteousness, I go to him, confess my sin. I'm cleansed from unrighteousness and I'm put back in right, in a right place with God because of what he did, because he, his righteousness never gets affected. Now watch verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Now notice how he's talking about the practice of righteousness. And the practice of righteousness is the practice of obedience to God and his commandments and his word. His moral commandments. And we're going to get into this because it's not the ceremonial type commandments you know, of temple and priesthood and circumcision and all the things that were commanded of Israel, keeping the Sabbath and food laws. No, 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 no. It's God's moral imperatives. And we're going to get to that. Okay, now notice chapter 3. Now we're still in First John, chapter 3 and verse 7. Little children, let no one deceive you. Now there's a lot of people that are deceived in this area, folks, because they don't believe this. But you better read your Bible. And of course, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Little children, let no one deceive you. Verse 7, 1 John chapter 3. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Now, did you get that? In other words, 
Don't come tell me that you're the righteousness of God and you're practicing sin. That is a lie. You have been deceived by the enemy, by the devil. Why? Look at verse 8. He who sins is of the devil. Just get it straight. If you're practicing sin, you're over in Satan's territory. You're not in, in, in Jesus' territory. In Jesus' territory is righteousness. So don't let anybody lie to you and deceive you by telling you once righteous, always righteous. That's a lie. If you practice righteousness, you're righteous. Just as he, Jesus, is righteous. Now I'm reading the Bible. Are you going to believe the Bible? Or are you going to believe some dumb stuff people are saying? You better believe the scripture. Now go down here to verse 10. Now watch this. First John chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Now, do you want to know what distinguishes the children of God and the children of the devil? Do you want to know? Okay, here it is. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Oh, we're going to get into this. But notice, if you don't practice righteousness, guess what? You're not of God. If you're practicing sin, who do you belong to? You don't belong to Jesus. You don't belong to God. You've been lied to. You belong to the enemy if you're practicing sin. So you say, okay, brother, I got it. I've been practicing sin in this area, such and such an area. What do I do? Confess your sin. Say to the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I messed up. I, I acknowledge it. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cleanse me from this unrighteousness. I'm confessing my sin. Tell him what it is. And he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Well, we're going to get back into this in the next podcast. And uh, we're going to study it in quite a bit of length. And I know that you'll be blessed Folks, listen to me. If you have not gotten a copy of my book, I didn't write this because I wanted to. I wrote this under a divine command. God said, God gave me this as a fresh anointing and a fresh message for this ministry. It started in 2014, real clear. I mean, I've, I've been knowing about it for years, but, but right in 2014, this fresh anointing started coming and the Lord started giving me this and I wrote it down in this book called A Call to Return, Restoring the Roots of Our Relationship with Jesus. Don't miss out on this. Get a few copies. Send them out to your friends and family. You can get it digital for your Kindle or, or for whatever other device you've got. Get it through Amazon. Get it through Barnes & Noble. Type in the name. Type in my name, Dan Allen Rodriguez. This is what this is about. This is what you're hearing on these podcasts. It's coming from this place that God's anointed me to say to the body of Christ, you need to repent. It's time for the revolution of repentance to begin. I love you. I'll be back with you on the next podcast. Be blessed.